0: Welcome back to this week's episode of Journey of a Fearless Female. I'm your host, Paola Rosser. And I'm your co-host, Jenny Joy. This week, Jenny is going to tell you all about her love story. Yes. All right,
1: Jenny, it's your turn. Oh my gosh. So I've told my personal story so many times, like being in the recovery community, but I've never really told other than like Instagram posts, like my love story, you know, like my friends close to me who have like journeyed with me and Jeremy, like know everything. But yeah, so this is so cool. So I guess where it would begin was like before I even met Jeremy, you know, I was in a ton of abusive relationships. Mm-hmm. You know, my my boyfriend before him was a nice guy. The only reason that I dated him was because he was nice. And my sponsor was like, well, he's really nice. And I was like, okay, like that was it because I was so. Used to dating horrible men who like beat the crap out of me or were abusive or cheated on me. And to be honest, I was the same. You know what I mean? I can't sit here and say that I was blameless. I was equally, if not more, abusive and mean. And just, I did not know how to love and I did not know how to receive love, yes. period. So those are the types of people that I attracted were the same as me. And, you know, I, there's a quote that says, um, you know, we attract what we are, but also at the same time, it's like we, Attract what we accept. So if somebody yes. recognizes that, like they can push our boundaries over and over and over again, they are going to keep trying to take and take and take. And so Absolutely. that was um, a lot of the guys that I dated were like that. Not every single one of them, but a lot of them. And you know, before that nice guy that I had dated, I it was a really really bad relationship, and that one ended in a restraining order and pressing charges, and he went to prison for murder. You know, wow. yeah. So so you dated a murderer. Yeah. <laughs> It's, it's very sad, though. You know, his story is really sad. And so I had just dated a lot of different types of guys. It was real messy. I was real messy. And I also took a year off where I just dated myself. And it was my second year of sobriety. I have like a little bit over six years sober now. And it was my second year of sobriety. And in your first year, they encourage you, don't date. Just, you know heal, get physically sober, connect with God, whatever, and mm-hmm. don't date because a lot of people will date somebody and it will take them out and they'll relapse over a heartbreak, whatever. So I didn't listen to that my first year. I dated a murderer. <laughs> but, um, but you didn't relapse, which is good. No, which is great. I did relapse. We were together um, when we weren't sober, but then I got sober and stayed sober. That's good. And on my one year of sobriety, I actually caught him cheating on me. And so it was just all a mess. And it was after that, I was just so... Messed up that Mm -hmm. when I went to work for this nonprofit in Hawaii, I just felt convicted to just be with myself for a year and be celibate for a year, which I had never done before. Wow. So I was sober and I was celibate and I just pursued God. And it was like the first time that I really felt like I knew that there was a higher power and I believed in it, but it was the first time that I really felt like like a connection, like me and you sitting here like a friendship. It's the first time I felt that it was just not horizontal. It was vertical. And it was like someone that I couldn't see, you know, yeah. and it was awesome. And so I believe in that time was like, God was preparing my heart and like doing a lot of healing work. Yes. And so then I dated that one guy that was really nice. And that didn't, you know, last or work out. And then it was a couple of months after I'd left that boyfriend that my friend, Amanda, this girl, like, I have never been so inspired by a relationship. So her and her boyfriend our fiance had been with other people. They'd slept with other people in the past, right? But then they came together, they were both Christian, and they decided to have a pure relationship. And I was like, what? What does that even mean? You know, like, what is a pure relationship? <laughs> what are the rules around yeah. that? Like, what does that mean? And she was like, well, we aren't like having sex until we get married. And I was like, what what exactly i was like is that possible Uh uh-huh and it blew my mind because they had this amazing connection and it was a spiritual connection and an emotional connection and then they saved like the physical connection for after they got married which like that's like how it's supposed to be because and that's not everybody's story and that's not my story entirely Mm -hmm. you know but sex is so much better when you have an emotional and a spiritual connection. You know what I mean? Compared to just like it starting with that. Yeah. Because that lust can like wear off. And so I was so inspired by her relationship and I was dead broke and she lived in Florida and I live in California and she invited me to her wedding. And I was like, there's no way. There is no way that I can get to this wedding. So this all ties into like Milo's story. It's so (laughs) crazy. It's so crazy. This is like the beginning and it's awesome. And, um, I couldn't go. I didn't have the money. You know, it was going to cost me a lot. I couldn't afford a plane ticket. And one way that God speaks to me is I find fortunes, like from fortune cookies, but I'll find them. And like God hides them in like really cool places. So that's awesome. Dude, it's so rad. I love it. It's so fun for me. It's like a treasure hunt or I'll be, you know, walking, let's say I'm walking into the mall and then there's one as I'm walking into the mall and I pick it up and I just prayed about something and then my answer is on that fortune. So this has been like a thing since I was 17 years old. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it's really cool. And so I was like, oh, God, I really want to go to this wedding. Like, I just want to witness a marriage like this. Like, I didn't even know that that existed out there. You know what I mean? And or healthy relationships. I didn't know that they really existed. I'd never (laughs) seen one. That was the first one that I'd actually seen with my own eyes. And I was like, I would love to go. And can you make that happen? And it was two days later, I was organizing for uh, one of my bosses. And I find a fortune in her drawer. And it says, you're about to witness a miracle. Wow. And I remember being like, oh, cool. And I sent the text of the picture of that fortune to Amanda saying, LOL, imagine if I made it to your wedding. <sighs> okay, so a couple of days later, I know I have $80 in my bank account and oh. I need to pay my internet bill, which is like $70 or whatever. And it, so I'm on the phone with the internet people and like figuring out, I was like, can you hold on? Let me just like check my bank account, basically make sure that I can cover it. Yeah. And I open my bank account and it says that I have, What? I was like, hang on, something's wrong. Hold on. I remember talking on the phone with this internet guy and I was like, what the heck? I figured out. So I was at a college and I had applied for financial aid, right? So the school had like mistakenly given out the wrong amount to like eight different students. (gasps) But I didn't know that. I didn't Uh know that because it was my first time applying for financial aid. And then I saw where it came from and I was like, okay, cool. Like this is my financial aid money. I can go to her wedding. (laughs) I can go to this is a miracle. This is the miracle fortune that I found, whatever, right? Like, I'm like, whoa! I only had $80 in my account. Now i have $2,800. I'm rich in my mind, you know? And Well, um, not the money. You shouldn't be using it. But though. I didn't know that, right? Yeah. I didn't know until it was probably like a month later that they were like, oh, we sent out the wrong amount to like eight different students. I'm
0: sorry. Went to Florida.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Whoops. But like thousands, there's thousands and thousands of students. I was one of eight. Wow. Like that's, That's,
0: that is like a high, like probability, like a low probability that it would be you. Yeah. So that's crazy.
1: So I go to the wedding and I'm so, I'm like so sick. I was so sick the whole time. And it was in Florida and it was freezing. I didn't mm. know Florida got cold, but it was mm. real cold because it was in winter, January wedding. But it was so cool to witness it. And I was just so inspired by their love. And then, you know, it's time for the bouquet. And I was like, I'm kind of like a cynic, you know, and or I was at the time and oh whatever, I'll just gather and, and do the bouquet thing. And in my back of my mind, you know, every woman wants to catch the bouquet. I don't yeah. care how freaking cynical you are. Like, I was the biggest cynic there and I was like, whatever, you know? Yeah. But I was, you just want the magic to like yeah. come on you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Seriously. And so she turns around, she throws the bouquet and everybody, ah, you know, all the girls are reaching for it. It falls on my feet. <gasps> and the girls turn around, they go, oh, it's you. And I was like, oh, me? And I you know what I mean? And I was like, no way, dude. So you and didn't
0: even like reach out for it. No, you weren't trying to catch it at no. all.
1: No. And it dropped on my feet. Wow. On my feet. And there was like a little space too. Like we weren't, we weren't all super close together. There was space so people couldn't be like, oh, that's mine. You know what yeah. I mean? It was like clearly yours. Mine. And I was like, oh, that's cool, whatever. Literally a month later is when I I met Jeremy, or when he started to pursue me. And I didn't connect the dots now, but now we are married, you know, and he is also in recovery. And we're friends on social media, he had, I'd rescued a dog at one point, and he like donated to it. And he would like try to like pursue here and there and like, ask me out on dates. And I was not a date person. Like you said, like in this, this world nowadays, like there's no courting and I would get freaked out. I would get freaked out if somebody wanted to take me to dinner. I just (laughs) could I'm serious. I had such intimacy problems. And I was such like a love avoidant that, yeah, I could sleep with you, but I could not go to dinner, no, no, because that's too intimate, that's far too intimate for me, yeah. you know what I mean? I was just really shut off and so he pursued and pursued and pursued for a couple months, and i I was like finally like, okay, like whatever, and we went to a casino for the first time with like a group of friends, and I just felt weird, and I was like, this is not what I want like this I just like complete I was completely shut down, you know, yeah. and I think that was just well because it was a group date, it wasn't one on one, yeah, and I I was just shut off in general. from yeah. then, you know, I had been through a lot, like all the, the pain from my childhood had come up in sobriety. I had like a couple years sober now. Like I'd just been through a lot and I was pretty closed off and, but he kept pursuing. And then I finally agreed again after like a month of that. He's like, look, we don't have to date. We can just, we can just be friends. Like, I just really want you in my life. And I was like, why? Like, why? you know what I mean? Weirdo. Like, yeah, weirdo, <laughs> creep, stalker, whatever. My brain's just like, you know, yeah, exactly. and, um,
0: obsessively shadowy. Yes, yeah,
1: exactly. And, but I actually went to a Tony Robbins event, UPW. This was like when Tony him Robbins. and I were talking a lot. And I was still, I he, we were talking all day, every day, but I would not go on a date. I would not hang out with him. I was so avoidant. And I go to UPW. By yourself? No, with my friend Taylor. Okay. And, it was awesome. It was like three days and you're on fire. And like, you know, Payla, because you've been and you walk on burning coals and you're just like, whoa. And, and, and we th- highly recommend any female that's listening Seriously.
0: to go to a Tony Robbins event. Yeah,
1: it was, it, it's rad. And it just like sets you on fire. And they taught us these meditation and visualization exercises. I'd been involved in meditation and stuff for a while, but I started doing it every single day. It was like, nine minute morning meditation where you do gratitude and then you visualize different things. So I'd visualize a partner and, and I was interested in him obviously. And I wasn't like really talking to anybody else, but I was so nervous to go on a date with him. So I did this visualization exercise right before we were supposed to hang out. And I was like, look, I'll go to a meeting with you, like a 12-step meeting. I'll go to a meeting that's with you. That's your date? I'm serious. Like, that's, <laughs> I was, I was really scared to get yeah. close to anybody like They are like,
0: don't take me to dinner, but take me to a yeah. meeting.
1: <laughs> so my friend was at my house. So we picked both, of, or we had to pick her up too. So I didn't have to be alone. It was like a buffer, you know? Yeah. And we go to a meeting and there's just, there was just so much undeniable chemistry, like undeniable so this time around yes it was a month later so you didn't feel like weird or anything like the first time from the casino now you're like this guy's actually cute yeah and i had been talking to him like so much and we just had great conversation and it wasn't awkward at all and there was like a lot of chemistry you know and so we go to the meeting and it's fun whatever and I did like a visualization before that we would have like our first kiss and I'm never one to like do that like I'm not (laughs) you know I'll wait you know what I mean like I'm not forward in that way And I was thankful that he wasn't super forward either. And so we go to dinner and it's really fun with friends. And then he drops off. So this
0: is your third date now?
1: No, this is the same day. So we go meeting, dinner, and then we drop my friend off. And then he drops me off at my house and I'm not going to invite him in. You know, I actually didn't invite him in for weeks. He Mm. would drop me off and we would hang out and make out on his car. Like I (laughs) I was like so, Yeah, uh, you know. Like a teenager. Yes, it (laughs) actually was like so fun. And so he drops me off. And we're talking and we're talking. And I had sent him an article like, I don't know, a week or two before about some article I found about soul gazing. And mm. it's basically where you stare into somebody's eyes. It, it can be like a love partner, but you can do it with friends or whoever. And you stare for four minutes uninterrupted eye contact. Whoa. And it creates a new level of intimacy. Yeah. And because a
0: lot of people can't do eye contact no, nowadays.
1: But just like holding it for like, if you hold... 30 seconds with somebody, it's like intense. Yeah, me yeah. and L. L. are now trying. <laughs> We're like, let's do it. Yeah, stare. Let's, let's do it. soul gaze each yeah. other. So I'd send that article and that wasn't me saying like I wanted to do it. It was just like, oh, look at this is crazy. And we would always send each other articles and stuff. And I'm a big reader and online, not books. I read a lot of articles. <laughs> and I don't read a lot of books and just got to throw that out there. So he's like, oh, remember that soul gazing thing? And I was like, yes. And he's like, let's do it. And I was like, oh. I wish you didn't remember because I have all these intimacy issues. I'm so avoidant. And he was yeah. like, let's do it. And I was like, okay, four minutes. So we time it four minutes and it's so intense. If you can imagine. Ooh, I'm like, going to try it with yeah, Travis. Totally do it. It's <laughs> awesome. Ladies with your partner, it's, it's so rad and it's really hard and it can be kind of awkward at first, but it is just like next level. And so we did it for four minutes and it was just really intense. And we both talked about, after the four minutes was up, how we felt about it. And and then I was like getting my things together. And you know the movie Hitch, like he talks about, have you seen that movie with Will Smith? When a woman is getting her keys and she's fiddling with her keys, it's like a sign that you should kiss her. So I remembered that. And I was like, well, now I want to kiss him, but I'm not going to kiss him. And so I'm getting my purse in his car and getting my keys out and obviously like taking my time to get out of the car. Yeah. And I get my food because it was Mexican food that was left over. I was like, okay, well, thanks for the food. And I said it like that. And I started to open the car door and he's like, yeah, I'll I'll see you soon, hopefully. And I'd like to see you again. And I turned around. I was like, do you not want to kiss me or something? (laughs) I would never say something like this before. But I was like, do you not want to kiss me? He's like, I really do. And I was like, then? Yeah. And then we kissed. And it was like, really? Freaking fireworks. Yes. And I'd never soul gazed with somebody. And it was just like, it was undeniable, dude. And I go in the house. And I called my friend, Laura, and I was like, I'm going to freaking marry this guy. Yeah. It was like right away, Ugh. you know, and, and just to the people who are listening, Paola met me when I was separated from Jeremy because we had a separation point. And, and she would talk about Travis and their undeniable connection, how it yeah. started. And I was like, that's like me and
0: Jeremy. I even told you, because I had the similar situation with my kiss. Our first kiss, like I describe it as electric. It was electric. Like, like yeah. to the point where like my body was shaking and I was like, what was that? Like, it was like. What? Another it was, force. It, was, yeah, it yes. almost felt like my soul had met his soul. Yes. And so I remember telling you that story in the kitchen and you were like, that's how Jeremy and I had it. Yeah. And this was at the time you guys weren't dating. I'm like, who's Jeremy? And then right. you were like, oh, this guy, you know, and I remember you're like this guy that I was dating. I'm not dating Didn't him anymore. Out, blah, yeah. Blah. Yeah. I'm like, that's crazy. Nobody, like I've dated a lot of guys and yeah. kissed a lot of frogs. I have never uh-huh. had that kind of kiss. I remember telling you then that guy's something special. Yeah.
1: And you can have like, you can kiss people and there can be tons of lust and passion. But not but electric. No, it's, it's totally different. Like I've kissed a lot of frogs too. You know <laughs> what I mean? So nothing compares to that. It was just, it's undeniable, you know? And so we did the soul gazing and, you know, he just kept asking me, he would always be like, I adore you. I adore you. And I was like, does that mean like he loves me? Like what, are you, you yeah. know? And was it hard for you? Like when he
0: was saying, I adore you and I love you. Was it hard for you to really receive the love? Because oh, yeah. I, that's something that I struggled with the first year. I was like, what? Was Why like, are you pouring so much love into
1: me? Like it this was is confusing. too much. It was yeah. confusing. That's like what I felt. And, you know, I had a tendency with guys where the first two months, it seems like this is how it would always be. Is The first two months I would be open and like loving Jenny and fun. And then at like two, three months, I shut off. And it's just so because it gets real. You know what I mean? <laughs> when it starts to get real, I can't. Yeah. And I'm so thankful that Jeremy, dude, he he had control issues big time in the past. You know what I mean? But he was so pushy and persistent with me in a good way. that it, you needed that. I did. I needed somebody to like push me and be like, let me freaking love you. Yeah. Let me freaking love you.
0: Isn't that crazy? Because you and I both have a similar story yeah. where it was like really hard to really allow someone to in. love us. It was weird. To me, it was like, oh my gosh, what is going on? Like sometimes when he would talk about how much he loved me, I was like, you're, you're
1: overdoing it. You're being like too. Oh, Jeremy would get me cards every week with like, and that's how he is. You know, he's very romantic and flowers two times a week. My dad would come and be like, wow, this guy really loves you. Because there was just always fresh flowers in the house, like multiple bouquets. That's just how he was. And he had um, a lot of money at the time. And this was before he had lost his business. And he was just always buying me things. And it's not like I need things. It was one of his love languages, but I had never experienced something like that. And in addition to him writing love letters to me all the time, I was like, Whoa, like this is crazy. And you're like, you're over the top, dude. But I I loved it. But you needed it. I needed it. I really needed it. And he always says, I'm global warming at you because (laughs) I've had, I've been super icy. I'm like an ice queen, you know, or I was in the past. That is cute. And he would be (laughs) global warming (laughs) at you. Yeah. He's like, I'm melting your heart. I'm like, that's true. That is so cute. That is so (laughs) cute. That is true. Yeah, so it was he had asked me to be his girlfriend like a couple different times. And this was like in the first like two months or whatever. And I was like, no, no, no. And then it was the first time that I went to his house. Like I said, I find fortunes, right? That's how God talks to me. And I was like, God, like I really want to be with this guy, but do I want to like I need your help, you know? Like, what do I do? And I was I'd parked my car and I walked in the wrong direction to his apartment. And but I found a fortune in the gutter, ironically. And it said, now is a lucky time you can take God, a chance.
0: Shut up.
1: Yes. And so we came together on his birthday. That is crazy.
0: Oh, my God. We're too similar. I know. <laughs> and
1: your birthday is January 26th and mine is January 25th.
0: This is nuts. Like, we <laughs> like we need to stop soul gazing, you and I. <laughs> we're too... Oh seriously, we are so similar. Dude, and it's-, it's crazy because even though she works for me and we like do this podcast together and hang out like three times a week, yeah. the fact that we still can get on a podcast <laughs> and find new things out about each other is like, uh,
1: it's so, so good. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, like our relationship was very obsessive and like, oh my God, hypersexual, like hypersexual. And me and Jeremy, have both you know gone to like sex and love addiction programs and we're both sober from drugs and alcohol. And we both come from abusive households growing mm. up with like a lot of addiction and a lot of pain and a lot of lies and manipulation. And so when we start off, it's on fire. Yeah. And then what happened was we pushed each other's boundaries mm. over and over and over again. And the relationship went from just like beauty, beauty, To the beast. Like we just were, it was horrible. It was horrible. How long before you guys like did your first or your breakup when I, when I knew you? It was like a year and a half into the relationship. So, or like a year and maybe four or five months and it had gotten abusive and abusive and abusive and, you know, like both ends. On both ends. And this is one thing that I always make very, very clear because I talk about abuse a lot on my social media is you know, I'm not going to sit here and say that I was a victim. Jeremy and I victimized like each other. Like we really put each other in really horrible situations. You know, I had gotten to the point where I would just punch boyfriends in the face whenever I felt like it. I Mm. felt justified. You piss me off. I'm going to punch you in the face. You piss me off. I'm going to jump on your iPad and break it. You know what I mean? And boyfriends would break my TVs. Like we had destroyed each other. We started to destroy each other and we tried therapy and we tried different 12-step programs and it was just, truthfully, it was a godless relationship. Like we would try to go to church and we even joined like a premarital group and it was like maybe an eight-week course and halfway through, I broke my hand because I punched him. Oh my gosh. You know, and so I show up the next week at this premarital group with like a bright pink cast and everybody's like, "What happened?" I was like, "Oh, I fell down rollerblading." You know what I mean? And I'm just mm. like covering up. And you know, there were times where, you know, he spit in my face oh. or I spit in his face or it it just it was really
0: really really bad. Now, do you think it was because at that point in your relationship you guys hadn't really done a lot of work on yourselves? Like you've done the programs, you've done a lot, but like
1: there's a difference between going to the program, but really soaking it in. Right. So I had done a lot of therapy, a lot of therapy. Jeremy had not, and he like just started, but. So he would trigger you and you would then trigger him. Oh yeah. So his biggest trigger, like he was abandoned growing up, right? And a lot of neglect. So his biggest trigger was me abandoning. And that was one thing that I was so used to doing was running and running Mm. and like breaking up. But I couldn't tell you of all my relationships, how many times I've tried to break up with boyfriends. Mm. Like you said three and I was like, that's nothing. You know what I mean? Like for (laughs) me, it's like 20 times in like six months. Like it just was like, I shut off and I run. And so that would trigger him. And so then he would try to like catch me basically. And then I'm used to being abused and trapped. So then I'm running, he's trapping, trigger, 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 trigger. And you're in fight or flight mode and you cannot respond in a healthy and like righteous way when you're in a fight or flight mode like that, like totally triggered. And, you know, he stood by my side through a suicide attempt on my part. I had been diagnosed with DID, which is split personality disorder from all my sexual abuse growing up. Like, can you imagine like dating somebody like that? Like I had three different personalities, Yeah, you know, and I just want to say real quick in here is that I actually received prayer which is crazy because I never thought that I would A, experience this or B, even believe it. But I got prayer over me for an hour and my PTSD, my bipolar and my split personality were like cast out. And I have been off medication since and that's freaking crazy. And this is like kind of taboo to talk about, but it's real and it's not talked about enough for people who have had like, healing experience with this and this is not me telling anybody who's listening if you're on medication to hop off it you Mm -hmm. know what I mean but I believe in the healing power of God and that's been me and Jeremy's relationship and so and like my experience so it got really bad and in the end I started making big strides where I wasn't verbally or physically abusive anymore I had joined a 12-step program that solely focused on like sex and love addiction part of that is crimes of passion where you become abusive or like couples will even murder each other. You've heard of that yes. where like a wife goes and kills her husband or vice versa. And that's like, I mean, that's demonization, but like break it down a little bit more. And that's just like a, a love addiction, an obsession. That's an obsession. Obsession is not love. You no, know? it's not. And it can be easily confused as such and like misinterpreted and, oh, he's so obsessed with me, but it's, he loves me, but it can be like really, really <laughs> sick. And so that's what it turned out for us, and. So then you guys broke it off. Yeah. So but how long were you guys broken up for? About six months. And, you know, I remember that day. Oh, yeah. The cops were called on wow. us. Mm-hmm. It was that bad, you know? And I just remember thinking, like, this is like not him. Like, I love him so much. And this is not him. The way that he was responding and reacting. Do you think I, that he had relapsed? I actually questioned it because he felt like he was so out of control, right? And I had started to control myself a little bit more, you know? Yeah. And, but the truth is, when if you beat someone down so much, and I was so verbally and physically abusive, but so, like, verbal abuse is gnarly. Yeah. That stuff stays That's with the you.
0: It's the worst. It's worse than, like, being physically abused, yeah. I believe. Bruises can heal. Uh, bones
1: can heal. But those words, like, stick with you. There's things that I was told as a child that I still, you know, think yeah. of from time to time, right? And so we separated and i was oh man devastated and i'd been through intense breakups before but i was like this is the love of my life we were supposed to get married you know he's 43 i'm 28 like i never wanted to get married he never wanted to get married but like we wanted to we wanted to spend the rest of our lives with each other and, and he would cry and be like why can't this just work yeah why? like we were so in love and so wanted to be with each other and it just wouldn't work we were very very sick and and we separated And we had a conversation about a week later after I'd broken up with him and he had moved out and it was just really, really messy and told him like, I love you so much. Like, I want to be with you, but I can't be in contact with you until you finish your 12 steps in this other program, like sex and love addiction program. And like, okay, like, I love you. Like, I'm going to do whatever it takes. I'm going to do whatever it takes. And so we were separated for about six to seven months. And I was committed. You know, I was committed. We were separated. We weren't talking, technically broken up, but we had agreed to do the work because we wanted to get back together. But I also didn't say, do the work and I'll get back with you. I said, do the work and we'll talk. You know, Mm -hmm. so in his mind, after I'm somebody who has left so many times, tried to leave so many times, he's like, this is it. Like, I'm convinced she's done with me. And he still tried to like, make strides, you know, but... He's a sex and love addict who wasn't getting help. He had a really gnarly porn addiction, which is really, really damaging to relationships. Like, people think like porn is like, oh, it's okay. And, but if somebody's addicted to it, it destroys a relationship, it yes, destroys it intimacy. It is so sick. And I'm so thankful that he has like recovered from that now. And I'm just like so proud of him. You know, he's put in a lot of work. So during that time, it was four months and I was de- devastated. You know, we, it was three days after we'd broken up and I just walked around the house and I just cried all day, every day. And I had one of his t-shirts and I would just hold it against oh. my face and cry into it. And it really was like a death. Yeah. It literally felt like he died. Oh. Like I had buried him. I feel and it. And he died. You know? And I remember I, I wanted to journal. You know, they they teach you things in 12 step and self-help is like journal. Create, work out, do yoga. I couldn't do anything. anything. All I could do is in my journal, I wrote his name, Jeremy, over and over oh. and over and over. again. I still have that page. It's like a page front and back, and it's just his name. It's just his name. It's all I could do. And I would cry to God, and I would say, like this is like the love of my life, like, can you like heal him? Like this is I said, you know, he was so wrapped up in money. his yeah. ego was so um he was so he was ruled by money. You yeah. know, there was no God anymore. And I had watched him like accept Jesus and I saw like like God creep in and I could see it in his life and then he would shut it back out. And then I watched him get baptized and he cried right after and then he shut it back out. And so I asked God, and this was not like in a selfish way. I just said, take everything from him. Take yeah. everything from him so he can find you. Because that was like it is like we had a godless relationship and I knew that we needed like God to be our foundation. But like, how is that gonna happen? You know, and so I went four months dedicated to him where I was celibate and I I got on my nine step in this 12 step program and I wouldn't even give my number out to like guy friends. I think one guy friend who's one of my best friends now, but I was so, and I had never been like that before. I was a cheater. I was a cheater and a liar and always talking to guys like that's how I was. And so for me to be celibate and committed to somebody was huge. And then you know, he would text one of my friends every so often and be like, hey, I'm on this step and tell Jenny I love her because I didn't want any contact. You know, he tried to send money and flowers and I was like, boundaries, like I can't, you know, like finish your work and we'll talk. And so he had been convinced that I was just done. I found out that he had like started dating somebody else and it, wow. I found out from my roommate. Oof. My roommate found out through social media. This is only media. four months after you guys broken up. Four or five months. Yeah. And I think it was four months. Yeah and I had called him I finally like I was like I'm breaking like this I'm I'm gonna call him I'm breaking the no contact and I called him and I I was like what is going on like I love you like I thought you loved me I thought we had a plan and he was like you left me like you left me you left me and again you know, his abandonment, his abandonment issue. issues which it really men and women if you don't handle those abandonment issues they will destroy your relationships like yep. you gotta freaking work on that stuff you know and and so thankful that him and I have like done so much work now, but he's like, you left me. And I was like, I thought like you wanted to get married. He's like, I do. And I was like, you are in a relationship with somebody else. And so he had dated this girl for like two weeks and
0: mm-hmm. then she
1: went out of the country and then they like basically a month together. And I remember after that, I cried again for three days straight. And I remember laying on my bed and I just, it was like a moment where I could make a decision. Do I want to keep pursuing God? Cause I had never pursued God like that. Like, Literally, I stopped listening to music and watching TV and I just, I filled my mind like with what you were talking about. Gabrielle Berenstein, Oprah, just anybody, Tom Bilyeu, like impact theory on YouTube. Like I was listening to anything because I had recognized that like the way that I was thinking was so toxic. I was convinced that I was always going to get cheated on. Granted, in this situation, I did get my heart broken. But what was awesome was for four months, I diligently decided to reroute you know, the thoughts in my brain yeah. and create new neural pathways and not those huge negative neural yeah. pathways and because what you focus on, you bring about. Like, yeah, what you focus on, you feel. Yeah. Like that's what it is. And so I just had done so much work. I joined this group at church, which I had never done before. And um I was really committed. And so there was three days after I found out that he was dating this other girl, I was laying in my bed and there was a moment where I could make the decision, do I want to keep pursuing God and this new life that I had this transforming my mind or did I want to go back to like an old way and maybe date somebody else or hook up with somebody right I had it was a very clear moment for me and I heard God's I heard it as clear as day I heard God say come back to me Jenny and I literally mm. went no what I'm not kidding you it's like one of the clearest moments in my life and I just I felt like like an elevator door shut on God nope like we're done dude you promised me and i had gotten so many signs in this time that jeremy and i were not together that he was my husband like mm-hmm. if i had my journal here with you Paula, i could show you like all yeah. the signs and and um he wasn't my husband now
0: no right. well you were also vibrating on a really low frequency yeah. you were crying you were really sad you were you know just like in a dark place thinking this is never going to happen all men are shit you know yeah. so then you have this this question you know, and obviously you're gonna get that feeling of
1: like, forget this, you're angry at God. Oh, I was so angry. I felt betrayed by God. Yeah. I felt betrayed by God. I felt betrayed by Jeremy, but I felt betrayed by God. And like, you know, it was it was a week after the breakup, just going back because I I just remembered this, was I was so confused. And I said, It was like, Jesus, if if we're gonna get back together, I need you to tell me. I need you to tell me. And I I was like groveling, crying, and I said, speak to me in a, in a dream in any way, please. And I fell asleep that night. I had one dream and it was a mutual friend of Jeremy's and I's. And I walked into this room and he was like, hey, Jenny, how are you? And I was like, I'm okay. Me and Jeremy broke up and he's like, oh, and he looks me dead in the eye. He's like, you guys are going to get back together. And that was my dream. And I woke up and I was like, that's probably wishful thinking, right? And so I go to my Bible and I, this is so like funny. I, I took my Bible and I threw it up in the air above my bed and it opens to the book of Job a verse that was highlighted and it said, God will speak to you in visions and dreams in the night. Shut up. Yeah. I'm mean, like paraphrasing the verse, but that's what it says. Oh my so, gosh. So a week after we had broken up, I was like, we're going to get back together, you know, and God, God was right, but it was just, was on a different time yeah. line than I had anticipated. And so after he started dating this girl and I had that moment where I could choose God or I could choose my old way of life, I shut off. And I literally, I think it was like two days later, I was in a relationship with somebody else. And Jeremy had tried to come back like a couple weeks later. He ended things to that girl and was like, showed up at my house at two in the morning, like bawling his eyes out, begging for me back. And I was like, no, like, this is crazy. And I shut him out. And that was it. That was it, you know? And I just, we both unraveled separately. We both unraveled separately. And
0: it's crazy because I knew you during this time, like you were working for me during this time. And I had no clue you were going through this. Yeah. because you would come into work and just be like super happy and like oh my god how can I help you what do you need me to do okay cool I got this like you just seem totally collected and that's great <laughs> no, seriously because I've been through so many breakups where I'm like literally the walking dead. devastated or yeah zombie just like oh how, like you really really did a good job <laughs> That's good. <laughs> like being at, like being, like compartmentalizing, like yeah. being at work and being at work, and then going home, like to hear that you were like crying three days straight. That's so sad. Like I wish I would have known that, because I would have been been there to help you. I feel like give yeah. you some hugs.
1: <laughs> Makes I, me sad to even think of that. Right. And I had I had good support, you know, and but I felt so betrayed by God, and I just feel like I just had gotten so close to God, and then I just turned my back so hard, and you know, Jeremy. It had been like six or seven months and I broke up with that guy and I instantly texted Jeremy, which is like, and then we started talking again and um, he was really not in a good place. This was like January of this year, mm-hmm. 2019, and he was not in a good place and I could tell, but it was like we still had like, there was so much chemistry. It's just undeniable when yeah. like somebody has chosen, like I believe that like Travis was handpicked for you. I do, I I believe that. And I believe that Jeremy was handpicked for me and they do things for us, like show us those shadow parts of ourselves that like other people can't reach, you know what I mean? And like, Mm -hmm. we have to deal with it. We have to face ourselves And, and me and Jeremy have been through a lot, but you know, it came back into my life and I expected him to be the same person of writing cards multiple times a week and flowers, but he was so sick, so far from God. He had a really bad gambling addiction, had embezzled so much money from his business partners, like literally destroyed his life. Wow. Destroyed his porn addiction was like really bad. And and the whole, you know, these addictions, they're designed by the freaking devil, basically, to like isolate people and kill them. Yeah. You know, if you think about drug addiction, that's what it does. It's like it sure does. Yep. And and so. So did you get him into a program? Yeah. So what had happened was came back into my life, January, February. I had, you know, I cheated on him at one point during that time. And which is really unfortunate, but it it did something for us, which was really unique is and I didn't mean for this to happen. It was just like I acted out of anger and frustration and I just was trying to shut him out again in a different way. And and. It was the night before he was supposed to go to treatment for gambling addiction. And, you know, he had found out about it. And we had like horrible two or three days just like fighting and so sick. And we both cried. And this is like really intimate to share, but we like made love and we were crying. And he was like, I'm so sorry. Like, I know exactly how you feel now.
0: Mm -hmm. I know exactly
1: how you feel. And, you know, like makeup sex, people can be like, oh, yeah, great makeup sex. But this was like so um, Different. different. He had his hand on my heart. And it was just so special. And I felt like so seen. And we both were like hurt children, basically. Yeah. that did not know, have the tools and could not apply them. We're so demonized. Like yeah. I've been through deliverances and he's been through deliverances. And um, that's basically exorcisms. You know what I mean? Like we invited a lot of dark stuff and especially me with my witchcraft days. But, you know, when you tamper with different things you invite different forces into you yeah, and me, dark and, forces, and, me for and jeremy sure. had done that and so we've been through a lot of deliverances since which have completely changed our relationship and so i i was still he came back into my life and it was two months in and it just didn't feel good but it, there was a part of me that was like he's supposed i'm supposed to be with him but i felt like i wasn't getting what i deserved so i felt really confused and i remember falling asleep one night and i was so frustrated with God again. I was like, She's back in my life, but what the heck is this? You know what I yeah. mean? Like, what am I supposed to do? And I remember praying to God and I said, look here, you know, like <laughs> finger in God's face, a fist to the sky. I said, look here, buddy. <laughs> I was like, you need to tell me what I'm supposed to do because I don't know what the hell is going on. You tell me if I'm supposed to stay because I'd been praying and I heard, wait, wait, wait. And I was like, wait for what? What yeah. am I waiting for? Like, Wait for how long? I was like, you need to tell me, God, straight up, because this is not fair anymore. Yeah. I went through six months of turmoil. Like, tell me. And I'll sleep, and I wake up, and this is the second time in my life this has happened. Clear as day. This voice woke me up, woke me up from a dead sleep, and it said, wait 72 days. 72? Oh, shoot. I didn't even think about that. Yes.
0: Wow. Jenny, we are too similar. Yeah, this is too weird. crazy.
1: <laughs> Seriously, 72? So I hear, That is random. So I'm half awake, and I write in my phone, wait 70 days, and I fall back asleep. And I wake up the next day, and I was like, did I hear that right? And I look at my phone, and sure enough, it's in my notepad, and I count the days on my calendar on my phone. Guess what 72 days is from that point? What? Easter Sunday, <gasps> which is like symbolic of resurrection and rebirth, right? Yeah. And I was like, okay. I was like, I hear you, God. I will wait 72 days. And I had, um, you know, I get visions and and stuff like that from God. You know that. And people close to me know that. And I remember meditating in my bath one day and I said, Lord, show me Jeremy. Show me his spirit. That's what I wanted to know. Like, what was the spiritual condition? And I saw instantly, instantly, I saw like Jeremy cracked open on the floor and bugs coming out of him. That's not a good visual. No, like cockroaches and like maggots, like hundreds, hundreds coming out of him. Like, like an egg cracked in half and just like all these bugs coming out. And I was like, oh, but then I saw this force. It was like a a wind trying to push these bugs back into him, but they wouldn't go. Mm. And I was like, I was like, well, I might just be projecting my feelings. You know, I'm kind (laughs) of angry and don't think super highly of him at that time. And I said... God, if this is from you, give me a Bible verse to back it up. And I instantly hear it was, I think, John 10 or John 9, 10, something like that. I could look it up, but it is the verse of when God makes a blind man see. Mm
0: -hmm. Jesus makes a
1: blind man see, and it says, he'll become unrecognizable to those around him. Wow. So So God had given me these two things, and it was at a time which wasn't the best. And I was like, all right, I'm going to hold on to it. So Jeremy, after all this stuff had happened, you know, I had cheated on him and it was just not good. And he finally gets into treatment and he goes in on Ash Wednesday. This is just like, there are just so many weird things, you know, on Ash Wednesday, he goes into treatment. And I heard God say like that day, he said, you need to do 40 days, no contact. Which which, like I'm not Catholic, right? But Catholics or some Christians will give up stuff for Lent, which is 40 days and 40 nights where you give up something that you're addicted to or that like you really like. And it's just a, fasting yeah fasting so you can, can connect with god and so um i heard god say you need to fast from each other for 40 days and 40 nights and jeremy who would never is not for, never down for stuff like this was like okay like i surrender like i was like so we're together like i'm with you i'm not going to cheat on you i'm going to do a lot of work during this time and you're going to be in treatment i was like you need because he had made me his god essentially and if you make somebody your god they're fallible yeah. you know and well, we're so, human right exactly you can't do that you know and And so I was like, you need to find God and you need to create a support group around you because me being your only support is not cool because I can't handle all that. That's a lot to carry. You know, you need a support group. So we do 40 days, no contact. And I was really nervous. And I was like, is it like going to be like last time when we did no contact? Like I, I was scared, but I felt encouraged. And at the same time, and I pick him up on Easter Sunday and it was so crazy. He gets in my car and we're going to church And one of the first things he said to me was, I feel like I can see now, Mm. which goes hand in hand with the verse of a blind man seeing, right? And it was just so many things over and over again. And that truly, like, people thought we were rushing too, right? Because this was on Easter Sunday of this year. We got married on September 14th of this year. That's not a whole lot of time. But when it is in God's plan, God's speed you know, God does not, he can make things happen like that. And if he wants something and you're in tune with God's will, like it can happen, Yeah. you know? And um, like the stepping stones kept getting laid out for like me and Jeremy. And we were like, okay, okay. And before we just like fight each other and fight each other. And now we're like hand in hand, like walking this together. And that's awesome. I've had to do so much forgiveness work. And so has he, and he's, just a completely different person than he was before. We don't have physical abuse. We don't have verbal abuse. We don't have like any of that. You know, there's no financial abuse. There's no like, it just, it's night and day. It's, an, it's a night and day relationship. And so for people who are listening, I, I want to give you hope. I never encourage people to stay in abusive relationships ever because that's not okay if somebody's treating you that way. But I encourage you to look at yourself and to also know that with the proper tools and the proper work, you can come out of something like that whether it's with that person or not, because I was extremely abusive and I'm not anymore. He was abusive and he's not anymore. And so after Easter, we, uh, you know, he's in treatment. He's ended up staying in treatment for like six or seven months. And um, I had gone through these like prayer sessions and deliverances. And I know that this is like a lot of God for some people, but this is literally my experience. (laughs) This is her
0: journey. Yeah, dude. (laughs) And to come
1: from like the witchy stuff and the dark places that I came from. If
0: you haven't heard her episode, you need to go back and look for Jenny Joy. I don't remember what episode number is, but she talks about the things that she used to do, which was witchcraft. Yeah. So she invited a lot of negative energy into her life because she you've got to listen to her story. It's really incredible. But to hear her to talk about God a lot, I you know, I love hearing her yeah. transformation from that to this because you know, I definitely love hearing her spiritual journey. So, you know, even if this isn't something that you believe in, just know that there's something so, so much more bigger than we are. Whether you want to call it God, whether you want to call it the universe, spirit, the divine, you could even call it magic for all I care, but it is something bigger than us. And we can't describe, we honestly can't can't describe. You can't deny
1: it. You you can't deny all
0: these different signs. Like that's incredible. Like to find these little fortune signs and not just that, but like you're throwing the Bible up. Like I used to do that. I never got any scriptures. Yeah. <laughs> I used to like open the Bible, yeah, yeah. like God, give me an answer. And I would never get an answer. Yeah. Like, So the fact that you've you've been in tune is just awesome.
1: Yeah, it's been really, really special. And, um, you know, anybody can be that in tune, right? I've put a lot of work into my relationship with God. And so like you reap what you sow in any relationship. And I believe it's the same with like your higher power. And yeah, so from Easter Sunday, we... We've done a lot of work. We had to do therapy together. Um, We had to set a lot of boundaries, new rules, you know, like what's okay and what's not okay. And using encouraging words instead of discouraging words, like, is it the voice of God or is it the voice of the devil? Because the voice of the devil is condemning and mean and unforgiving. And the voice of God is kind, patient, and loving. You know what I mean? And so... I went through a lot of deliverances, which are exorcisms, mm-hmm. and that's really, really gnarly, and I don't talk about that too openly, but Jeremy has been by my side through the whole time, which is uh, says a lot about his character and that yeah. he's willing to support. He's He'd never seen anything like that in his life, and now he's seen a lot of stuff <laughs> that he probably wishes that he didn't, but knows is real. And yeah. um, so after my first deliverance, which was on June 14th when I started getting like all these, this witchcraft stuff, like truly cast out of me. I go into the session and it was really intense. It ended up being two hours that these three people were doing a deliverance on me. And I got so free after, and I walk out of the room and I I hear the voice of God, like I've demonstrated in this episode. And I heard again, as clear as day, there were a couple different things that God told me. But one thing he said is you were to marry Jeremy in 90 days and i was like what i i literally was like Uh no. (laughs) And he'd wanted to marry me. And I we know we wanted to get married, but I was like, ninety days? Like I need a big dress. I need a carriage. You know, like you said, (laughs) I need sparkles falling from the sky while my bridesmaids and angel wings. Like, you know what I mean? Just I'm so over the top, girl. Like it's crazy. So ninety days. Angel wings? I don't know. (laughs) That's cute. I just like wanted this was not how I wanted it. But the way that my life has been is like God has wanted things differently and they've been so much better. And so I hear God say that and I didn't mention it to Jeremy. And I was like, you know what, God, if this is truly from you and you want us to get married in 90 days, you can tell me in a different way. Three days later, somebody calls me from the church and decided to pray over me over the phone for an hour. And she said, God, I thank you so much that Jeremy's going to propose before the end of the year. And I was like, okay, that's weird. That's like another sign, whatever. And it had just been one thing after the other. And um, I had five signs that we were supposed to get married on September 14th. And Jeremy, when I finally told him, I was like, God said, this is when we're supposed to get married. His response was, finally, about time. You can be mine forever. Oh, that's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. And so so we were looking at engagement rings online and Jeremy, you know, had this gambling addiction. He had lost his business and and I had prayed for him to lose everything, right? Like I said before, he did end up losing everything. And it was really rad. To watch it was so it's been so hard on him, but it's been awesome because when everything is taken from you, what do you have? What do you have you, you know have to
0: deal with yourself
1: you got to deal with yourself and your higher power and if you're lucky enough to be in a program, you get those people to support you and so we were looking at engagement rings online and we had gotten you know our we came together in April of like two thousand and seventeen like april twenty eighth which was his birthday, right That was our anniversary date of our relationship and
0: april twenty eighth yeah. We got engaged April 24th. Right. Yeah. This is nuts.
1: (laughs) Are you my secret sister from another mystery? Right, maybe. (laughs) Um, So we were looking at rings and I found one that I loved. And it was, you know, we could afford it. And it was April. The name of the ring was April. And I was like, oh, how cool. And I'd asked God two days before. And I was like, you need to make it very, very clear to me if September 14th is really the date that you want, God. Because I'm a little confused. You said 90 days. And like, I, I just, I need... A Confirmation. <laughs> Two days later, we're looking at the ring, April, and right under it says, we'll ship by or we'll be to your house by September 14th. Oh. <gasps> That is nuts. Yeah. And so I was like, fine. I threw my hands up. I was like, all right, we're getting married. We're getting married, you know? And um, we're going to have a big wedding in like a year and a half. That's our plan where I get to do all the little extra, you know, Mm -hmm. girly stuff. But we got married in a chapel where we didn't have to pay for anything. My dress was $60. The Mm -hmm. ring was affordable. I got free photography. I got a free bouquet. I got my hair done for free. Like it was just God had just lined everything up. And it was so amazing. And I kept telling Jeremy you know, he wanted to do a proposal, but he wanted like a big ring and he wanted it done this way. And he just felt like he didn't have enough money. And I was like, I heard God say, just let it go. Jenny, let it go. Don't Mm -hmm. just take the pressure off of him. And um, I did. And then it was like, I think a week because we'd been planning to get married on September 14th. So the proposal was just like, I didn't, we didn't need it, but it was something special. You know, girls dream about that their whole life. And we, I went to shabbat which is a jewish service on a friday and it's like a big party and the it was fun and there's like 300 people there and they have a moment where they get to talk about like what they're grateful for and different they pass the microphone around and two people before jeremy stood up were like oh i'm so thankful for my wife and i was like oh maybe they're like focusing on love and then jeremy stands up and i was like he was really really nervous the videos on my facebook but he was very emotional and he stands up and he's like saying how grateful he is for me and um this is in front of 300 people. And then he gets down on his knee in front of these people and proposes. He said, will you be my wife and spend the rest of your life with me? And we're both laugh crying. Like we're just (laughs) laugh crying. Just like so like my shoulders were like touching my ears. I couldn't stop laughing, you know, and we're crying and it's a Jewish Shabbat service. So then they start saying Mazel Tov and they play the music and everybody's going around (laughs) clapping and they make us they call me the Shabbat bride and they make me dance in the front and they're encircling. It was literally like so awesome. And I would not have picked it any other way. You know, originally I was like, when you propose, I want my hair and makeup done. I want to make sure I have fake lashes on and there's a photographer hiding in the bushes. Like, I'm not kidding. Like (laughs) just so over the top. And this was just perfect. Yeah. And then we got married and, um, you know, he's my best friend. And Before like we got into like a a heated argument yesterday and I got really frustrated. And before I would just be so prideful and shut off and and not text him back or go to work and not say bye, you know what I mean? But I woke up ahead of him this morning and I wrote on a bunch of post-its and I put them all over our room all the things that I love about him and all the things that he does right. Right. Because that's one thing is like when you're in a relationship, we can always tell the other person what they're doing wrong and how they're falling short. But and when you really love somebody you remind them who they are. Yeah. Who are they really? Who is Travis to you really? Who is Jeremy to me really? Yeah. You know, and um he's just very very sweet and he does a lot of very thoughtful things. That man cooks dinner for me every single night. I hate to cook, you know. He always asks me to go to the grocery store. I hate going to the grocery store, but he loves. He's like this is our time together. It's so special to him, you know, and <laughs> That's important to him. So yeah. I go with him to the grocery store every time. <laughs> I hate going to the grocery Dude, I store. I hate it. It's one of my biggest pet peeves. Me too. But he like has so much fun with me when we're in the grocery store. Yeah. We just goof off a lot. And so, you know, we got married on September 14th. We went to Mexico for a little mini moon and we're going to have a big wedding next year. But he truly is the love of my life and and healing is possible. The healing power yeah. of God is, you can't put a cap on it, you know, so. Oh, I love that story. <laughs> Um when me and Jeremy were after the 40 days of no contact we and we came back together around Easter was we wanted to pursue a pure relationship and after my deliverance in June I just felt convicted and I just was like you know what I don't want to have sex until we get married and he was like me either and so <gasps> really? we did that so we actually did it was about like three and a half months where we had no sex before we got married and it wasn't because the church had pressured us or like we felt pressured it was like We just wanted to do something different. We wanted to have a spiritual and emotional relationship first. And then we knew that our sex was bomb. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, hello. But like, we we wanted to pursue that. So we pursued purity and we pursued God. And, you know, and then we got to have our mini moon in Mexico and it was awesome.
0: Here's the thing with the purity thing. I think that when you stay abstinent for a little bit and you know, you guys can throw this in your trash can or you (laughs) can actually like, you know, put it in your file folder and use it for later. But like when you're dating and you immediately have sex immediately, it changes the relationship because now all of a sudden you have these and if you guys can look it up, we actually have this thing called oxytocin, Mm -hmm. which makes us as females attach to the man um and so then therefore your oxytocin hormone makes you crazy basically like Mm -hmm. you start imagining how you're going to marry him and have his children and all these different things and he's over there like yeah i just got laid you know right so it it helps you for that purity moment or that time where you just like really let him work for you like ladies we need to stop giving it away for free right like if you let him work for you in that time you can figure out like What is his true intention? You know, is his true intention just to get laid or is his true intention to figure out who you are at the soul level? Yeah. So it was very
1: impactful for our relationship and it's just, it totally changed things for us. Yeah.
0: Anyways. All right, ladies, that is Jenny's um, love story. My love story. (laughs) Tune in (laughs) next week for another episode of Journey of a Fearless Female. I'm your host, Paola Rosser. And I'm your co-host, Jenny Joy. Thank you so much for listening. We know that your time is valuable. So for you to dedicate your time to listen to our podcast really means a lot to us. Please rate, subscribe, and review our podcast. Share it with all your fearless female friends. All of them. Women are only 22% in the podcast world. Let's get our voices heard. Let's support women by sharing this episode. And that's it. Goodbye. Bye.